Well, well, well. We back again. You know, tuning to the Good Days, Great Nights podcast. Um, I tell y'all all the time, I'm grateful for y'all. Season three. Um, anytime I get to break bread with my people, it's always a pleasure, right? Today we're going to do this a little different. It's just me. So we're going to see. If, if if I can interview myself in a sense, but uh, if you know me in the cigar world, they call me 33 on IG, Cool Breeze Al, Alicia and Eris' dad or father, depending on what demographic, how you get down. Your auntie's favorite podcast host. Um, she she happy. I just bought her a new plant, bought her a rubber plant, so she think that's kind of fly. Your uncle's, uh, your uncle's uh, favorite nephew. Um, he's still saying he's proud of me, so that's always good. Um, Second coming of Gerald Avert. And of course, we'll spin your mind for some half to hold on two step stuff. And uh, I am the host of the Good Days, Great Nights podcast. Normally, we do it with a guest. Um, in this situation, in this sense, it was more or less one of them things that we want to step out on something and just try to different. Um, I think a lot of times we never talk about the grind, the how to's, the, the things that come up missing, you know, the things that, that don't be seen. Uh, trial and error. You see what I'm saying? Um, when I break it down in my five songs this week, if I was going somewhere in the road trip, um, shockingly, I'm not gonna pick. I'm not gonna pick Houston. You know what I'm saying? I think uh, with me uh, right now, I would probably pick. Uh, I probably pick Georgia. I probably pick. I probably pick Houston later on, but this time around, I would pick Atlanta, and I would pick Atlanta because. Um, Every time I went to Atlanta, it's Black Hollywood. So it was always gave me a chance to dream, to have a vision. One of my partners, he down there. And I remember um, a few years back, I was, you know, saying I was, uh, I was married then. But we, it was a guy's trip. 24 hours, we just jumped up and everybody just went. But it probably was one of the best times that we've ever had in our life as a group. Because nobody had to worry about responsibility. You had 24 hours to just fly in, have a good time catch the first flame back. Remember, I'm telling you, though, when it was 24 hours, 24 later turned into 48 because of the weather. But it was just a, it was just a vibe, and it was, it was one of them times I could see all my brothers and all my guys be together, no drama, no issues, and everybody was able to, like, just decompress and reset. <clears throat> so in the sense of that, it's a road trip. It's 12 hours. I don't want to drive through Kentucky, so... I'll, uh, I get it. I'll come through the mountains. Let me get let me get Tennessee. So I'll come through the mountains, even though I'm scared of heights. That's a fun fact. Um, my five songs right now um, would be Ja Rule and Little Mo. When I cry, you cry. Um, just because when I was in high school, bro, that was like the first song I played in that '89 Seville Cadillac. So I got a chance to rip and run up and down the streets. We used to go to Turtle Wax and get the car washed and. Uh, my dog Sharm used to make the uh, the mix CDs for us, so we would we would have them CDs and have them songs. But just to hold Ja Rule that era, even though it was a um, it was kind of a sad song, but he talked about his relationship, he talked about his homeboys, and he talked about just life and situation of it. 
and it was raining the last couple of days, and that song just had been just on my mind over and over again. So that's like my senior year of high school. I would also do um, SWV. Um, that's what I need. Um, it was like an up-tempo beat, R&B, when kind of joined, but and she say, because I've been hurt before, real love is what I need. It's, it was just a vibe, but you can two-step to it. So SWV, because they was kind of slept on. And later on in life, um, Faith, uh, Faith Evans, it's a song, uh, I think it's like Falling in Love, or don't, don't, be, don't Be Afraid, or something like that, or Understand. It's something like that. It's towards the end. It's like number 14 on the track. But that joint was always just fire because of how it came in. Um, that's that's three. My fourth one would probably be uh, uh, Zacardi Cortez. Uh, it'll probably be uh, uh, Fix It For Me. Um, and it's, I think it's on his new album, and he's just going back and forth singing it over and over again. Because sometimes you got to sing it until it makes sense. And you might not have the best tone or the best texture in it, but you want to make sure that God knows your heart. And he, and he can, you know, you got to make a joyful noise with your voice, but at the same time, just giving him his credit. And last, uh, definitely not least, um, Sully Cell is going down tonight. And that's just because the way that 808 hit and the way it felt when you was a kid sitting in the passenger seat with your dad or your cousins and that song came on and just made everybody feel good. So I am the host of the Good Days, Great Nights podcast, uh, father of two, all around good person uh, that I like to self-proclaim myself. Used to call myself Mr. Times, no socks. I got my Vans on with no socks, but my knees and my ankles might be a little ashy, so we ain't going to go in there. Um, where I'm at in life uh, with my 24 hours it's, uh, it's kind of difficult because it goes up and down, but it's constant. I'll say it's constant work, it's constant moving, it's constant worrying. Um, my biggest vice is not just these cigars. I worry. I worry to how to be the best version of myself every day. So I wake up some days and I'm constantly battling what I did yesterday, what I didn't do maybe four years ago, five years ago, eight years ago, hell, even my childhood. So that's, that's my vice. And I know you ain't supposed to pray and worry, but I'm human. So I can be transparent and tell you guys that I do worry. I worry about my friends. I worry about my family. Um, I worry about the people that's around me because I want them to be well off. And I don't want them to be well off as far as rich, but I want them to be wealthy with love and understanding. Um, that's, my, that's, that's one of the reasons for my question about like how you giving people a service or a disservice or how you bringing stuff into it, because I always wondered, like, what do people perceive me as? Because a lot of times you don't, nobody will tell you how they really feel about you until they're mad at you. And then when they're mad at you, then they'll let you know that, hey, you didn't do this right, or you didn't do this, the nature of the beast, you see what I'm saying? So it just makes you think um, sometimes, but that's my biggest vice. My biggest worry is truly, I would say, that I worry about things being all right. All right. In uh, in the ideal of everything, two beautiful kids, a four-year-old and a fourteen-year-old. Uh, they both getting ready to go into that milestone. Uh, Alicia will be uh, she'll be fifteen in July. 
and Harrison will be five in September. And um, them two men, they are my, uh, they my why. They my everyday wake up. They my reason why going through things and kind of think of things and just just try to be uh, be present. It's it's hard. Um, it's hard because um, I can be selfish at times. You know, um, sometimes my feelings get hurt. They don't call. You know what I'm saying? So I don't I don't call. I, mean, I really don't care what nobody feel about if it's right or wrong. These just my feelings. It's me talking. So I battle that because I feel like. A kid shouldn't be forced to call, but a parent and, and another and another parent should be able to have that conversation where it's a schedule and it's reciprocated on both ends. A lot of times when I'm talking to men and I'm having conversations with them and these cameras are not on, the biggest thing is they just want to be included. We don't and we don't even demand a lot, and we really push overs because we really we don't want no problems. I, I can speak for a lot of men that I've talked to, not just the ones I've talked to. I ain't speaking for the world. They don't come with the intention to hurt or to harm. They learn in the world just like everybody else every day. So they, along the way of learning the world and going through what they're going through, they have to learn how to process just the world. You see what I'm saying? So it's just different than that when it comes to my kids. Um, do I think I'm giving them a disservice? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. This is the first thing and one of, one of the first things of many things in my life outside of sports and school that I've seen all the way through. I spent a lot of time in my life where – my biggest thing was just more or less of anything. Oh, they made me mad or they didn't make me feel like I was um, the person for the job. So, shoot, I jump up and want to do something different. You see what I'm saying? So that was that's really where it's at. So this thing is something that when I'm able to talk to them about it and they're able to see the recordings and look on the Internet and look on the TV, they get a better feel for it. And they say, dang, man, Pop's doing a good thing. So I do think I'm doing a good service of it. Um, this all started, man, because I wanted a place that was that was transparent, that wasn't traditional, that wasn't going to be the same thing. We would sit in the cigar lounge and we would have conversations about music, and it kind of started from there. And it was like, if you can bring one artist to Kansas City, and you know everybody love, we bring Joe all the time, right? So we're bringing Joe all the time. We used to be mad because they, they would always do good girls and stutter and all of that, but they would never do like... One Life Stand or, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, just them B-sides, them B-sides that was special, uh, you know, uh, He Won't Hurt You Again on a Donnell Jones tip or when you're thinking about, you know, uh, a Key Sweat, you know, Chocolate Girl and things like that, those songs. So we were always kind of comparing and contrast lists. So the best thing for me was I wanted to have something where people can come and compare and trash life. And then ain't got to be no right wrong answer. We ain't here to, I don't need the tea. I don't need the drama because it never really made me, it didn't make me feel good. It never made me feel good to see people go through things. Some of my friends, some people that I was connected to, like, dearly, I've seen them lose everything. You know what I'm saying? And I'm talking about, I'm not saying in the format of money. I've seen them lose their mind. We losing our minds on an everyday basis. People waking up every day and they don't know who they are. But we so shameful, we don't even know how to say, hey, I don't know who I am. I'm, I'm depressed or I'm stressed out or I'm worried about this or worried about that. So that was the reason for the platform. It wasn't never to gain no women. It wasn't never to be the coolest cat in the Kansas City. It was just I wanted a platform where I can talk to people and really pick their brain and get an understanding for who they were um, outside of what people said they were.
Because, you know, you got to think, you coming out the club or you in the club or you walking around this city or you walking around the world, people perceive you based off of what they heard about you or what scandal they found you in. I ain't never care about that. I want to know people based off of how their heart was and what made their heart tick. And do a little something different. My dog got some questions for me in the back. What you got, bro? What is the most recent self-discovery that I've discovered about myself? That I can do this. That I can do this thing called life. <clears throat> and I can do it in the sense of sticking to my format, staying down. Um, I, I do my homework. So I, I watch Wallow a lot. I watch 85. I watch a lot of different shows, man. But I watch Wallow a lot. And, you know, my dog, uh, Gilly was teasing him about having the Maybach. And he was like, bro. You got the Maybach and you only drove it once in a month? Like, that don't make no sense. So he was getting in the car. And he said something, and the confirmation is everything with me. He was like, bro, stay stay down. If you sell hair, stay down. If you, if you do radio, whatever you do, stay down in it. Because if you don't believe in it and you don't celebrate yourself in it, ain't nobody going to set yourself in it. So that is something that I've learned, that I can do this and do it at a high level when it comes to the pie within self-awareness that I can be alone, that I can sit in the house and I don't have to go out. I don't have to be on the scene. I don't have to buy my friends. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with kicking it. I got my moments, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you might see me in there doing a half to a hoe. You might see me with a group of guys and we laughing and joking and carrying on, but I had to learn how to sit in my own stuff sometimes. I think that's, that's real big. What else has you got for me, G? I'm meditating right now. My cigar town. I just can't smoke them every day. You know what I'm saying? Because you uh, you lose yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because you got stuff you can be doing. But this, my meditation in the morning when I hit the ground is always, I thank God. And I'm instantly, <laughs> sad to say, by the time the prayers is done, I'm automatically thinking about what I didn't do the day before and how to get to it. Uh, my hour of silence is uh, it's throughout the day, man. It's music. I go to the gym. I mean, I didn't got real big into the gym now. Um, I didn't. At first, it was I want I want to be able to be big out with no shirt on, walking down, you know, what I'm saying the street and everybody teasing me like, "What? Well, put your shirt on, bro. We see you working out." But now I just want to live. It's it's really about living. I suffered from my asthma as a kid. I remember taking them pills. Some of my partners they didn't got diabetes, di then got diagnosed as diabetics pre or got to take the shot forever. I don't really want that. I already got high blood pressure. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not claiming it, but that's what the doctors say. And some days my, my, my heart be going and crazy. But I think that's something from my childhood and my, and my adulthood. And I will say this when it comes to high blood pressure, take your pills if you got them, go see the doctor and try to eat right. But I believe, it's just me, high blood pressure, is a mini form of a heartbreak. And I say that not loosely, I say it very seriously. When your heart is like that, it's because your heart too big, in my opinion. Like, I'm not telling you that you got a big heart in your chest. I'm saying metaphorically, your heart's too big. You got, you, you wearing the world on your heart instead of on your shoulders, instead of on your mind, let a lot of that stuff go. You can't change it. It's some stuff that 
some, 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 we'll, we'll call it what it is, some demons back there in them closets. There's some worries back there. You ain't going to be able to fix them by yourself. You have to give them to God. That's just how I believe. What you got? Top three influential movies and why? Thin Line Between Love and Hate. Because <laughs> Darnell was, that was, that was my tape, bro. That was, I watched, like I tell y'all, I got it on vinyl, but I watched that joint every day, every day. I wanted to be Darnell back then. He had it. I, the club, I always wanted to own a club. Whether Kansas City, whether Houston, whether Memphis, whether Atlanta, I always wanted a club. I wanted a club on some like New York undercover Natalie's type shit. I always wanted it. Um, but it, the lesson about saying I love you, the lesson about trying to please your friends and pre pleasing your lady, the fact that he loved his mom. Um, I was a daddy's boy. You dig what I'm saying? Um, I love my mom to death. You know what I'm saying? I'll never get it twisted. But my daddy was my, that was my spokesperson. It still is. You know what I'm saying? That was my role model. Um, Definitely was, that was, so seeing him, how he was about his mama and how his mama was about him when, when she pulled up in the, in the, in the joint and was messing his car up, uh, it was just comedy. Uh, it was okay to laugh, especially when he come through and uh, she broke, she broke me down to my brake pads in front of the police station. That was just, that was my, like, I, we could quote it word for word. She macked out. It was just so many parts of that movie uh i'll be here all day within line uh love jones i'm a hopeless romantic i'm a hopeless romantic if you know me i believe everybody gets seconds thirds fourths and fifths but when it's over it's over um but i do believe in happily ever after for everybody and i'm i'm, I'm crazy enough to believe that everybody else will experience it maybe before me and i think that's just how we look at it you know, I've said it before. I don't. Happiness is is what you look at it and how you view it and how you look at the cup half empty, half full. But I think the work that we do on Earth won't imagine it won't amount to the blessing we'll get on the other side. Um, I think you get your blessings, your true happiness and true value of the things you've done and the people you've sown into on the other side. I think these are just temporary fixes to hold us over and to trick our mind. Um, last. Um, Hmm. My last movie. I'll probably say right now to date. Ooh, that's tough. Um, Teddy Pendergrass. Any documentary. Any documentary. Rather, uh, Teddy Pendergrass. Don't quote, don't get mad. R. Kelly's Light It Up Tour. I watched it. Um, backstage, uh, backstage back in the day when they had the, uh, the concert, uh, it was the concert, Snoop, Method Man, Biggie, all of them was on it. It was just hip hop. It was raw. The film with black and white out. You seen Warren G on the bus, cleaning up the bus. Um, I used to want to be a roadie. I said it before. And just the fact that it was hip hop, it was music. It was grown men being out on the road, state to state, meeting new, new people. My vibe always being, wherever you go, you should be able to go and leave your mark. And every concert they was doing, especially, you cannot forget uh, 
the you'll do uh, like I said backstage is is one and then uh, it's a is a hip hop or something like that. But it was Method Man and all of them, and then backstage is uh, the one with Jay Z now, and it was just cool to see the Muslim cat rapping with the bow tie, to see DMX, you know, be nice to the kid, to see everybody blending together. I think that was that was them dope, just because of the because of the music part, definitely. I think that was uh, good. Say it again. So I talked about earlier about always worrying, but what gives me a peace of mind? Doing the pod. Doing the pod gives me a good peace of mind. Um, hanging, with, hanging with a nice one, man. I ain't gonna hold you being around love, man. Some real genuine love, see? My peace of mind comes from music. My peace of mind, my kids, uh, seeing my mom happy, bro. Seeing my mom happy. We, we grew up in our generation Buy your mama a house and your daddy a truck. Got to make it to the NFL. Got to make it to the NBA. If we don't make it there, we failures. We didn't, it wasn't, they didn't teach us. These kids now get the dream. You dig what I'm saying? Like, could you imagine if you, if your parents was with you? Look at it like this. Video games. I, I, Gary V said it one time. And he was like, uh, if your parents would have told you to keep playing the game back in 95, now you look up and you got it. You own the video game. It's somebody who made 2K, but before that, nobody was making that game. That game is now the best game, one of the best games ever when it comes to basketball. Took NBA Live away from everything, but somebody had to believe in them. If our parents don't kill our dreams and we don't allow our imagination to go away, that brings me peace. Seeing other people win brings me peace. Walking in a room and people love me not because of what I do, or how I make them feel brings me peace. My, my peace comes from that. Sometimes it comes from within, but the validation, my validation ain't about how I raise my kids, ain't about what clothes I got on. Yeah, it matters when you walk in a room, you wanna be clean. You can be clean in Walmart, trust me, I do it all the time. You can be clean in Target. But when you walk in a room and people are happy to, that you in the room versus whispering about you, and it's gonna be times where you walk in the room and you're going to be able to walk in the room and I'm giving y'all a free game. You're going to be able to identify they was talking about me before I walked in this room. They had an opinion about me, but they didn't ask me. They didn't ask why I am the way I am or why I feel the way I am or why I do the things I do. They, they had it already in their mind, a notion of who I was. So what brings me peace is this. Like being, talking to my dog, hey, we got a recording today, bet. Knowing that one day I'll look up and this will be syndicated brings me peace. To wake up in the morning one day, and know that sooner or later I will not have to work for nobody. That's where that's where my peace gonna come from. My peace gonna come from. So that's where I'm. That's 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 what I look for. Um, can't give you all my questions, but I'll give you a couple more that I have. Why is it that we're never satisfied as a, as a as a culture, as a group? Why is it that we're never happy? And I'm not saying that you not, you always supposed to want more. Your, your, your needs, your needs, you know what I'm saying? They keep you fed. Your wants keep you hungry. Your needs keep you fed. Your wants keep you hungry. So you got to want some things. But why are we in the place of our lives? As soon as we get something, we automatically look over our shoulder and say, dang, when are they going to take it away from me? Or who going to come get it from me? Well, why are we taught and, and trained to be 
those kind of men or individuals? Because I've seen ladies do it, but speaking from the fella standpoint, that's my question. Like, why do we worry so much? And a uh, couple more. Why is it that when it comes to relationships, why does it scare us so much to settle down, to get somewhere and sit down? Like, um, and why can't we have conversations with our mates without feeling like that by having those conversations, it's not it's not gonna make you lose. Um, when you're dating somebody, man, I think a lot of times you'd be so scared to lose them because you don't want somebody else to have them, but we gotta get past that part. So that's a question that I have for the fellas. When it comes to the ladies, if he don't have everything, is it still enough? If he has potential to get everything, you see the growth in him, and this ain't for me. This for this for my guys. Like, will it will it will it forever will it ever be enough to say, I can build with this person? What makes up, what makes a man in your eyes something that you can build build in and with, and allow him to lead and you truly follow, and not follow in the sense of like, you know, to the end of the world on some like, because he says so type stuff, but because you truly believe in him. That's that's a question that I have. Um, Another one that I have when it comes to children, um, the way we were raised and the things that we've seen, and then now these kids have the access to the internet, man, and I tell everybody, man, watch your kids. Watch what they're doing, watch what they're typing, who they talking to, who they playing on the game with. Are the, are the games raising the kids or are we? Is the iPad raising the kids or are we? I find myself sometimes I have to snatch it from my kids. I, even my phone, I have to take it from myself sometimes because that's what we depend on. I catch myself grabbing this phone in the morning before I brush my teeth, before I wash my face. I ain't did nothing else. I'm going to grab this phone. I'm checking messages and everything else. Sometimes I do it out of, out of guilt and then turn back around and be like, dang, God, I'm sorry. I didn't even say thank you. You see what I'm saying? I, I get up in the morning and reach that night stand and it's that. Um, what does intimacy look like? As an, from an adult standpoint, what's, what's intimate, true intimacy? I'll give you my answer. It's holding hands for no reason. It's, um, uh, I, I, hey, how you doing? You doing all right? You good? Um, it starts from the time you wake up in the morning with your person to the time y'all lay eyes on together again, whether that's days apart, weeks apart. Um, I think that intimacy is something that doesn't cost. I think we put a price tag on relationships too, but that's something very different. And then um, lastly, when it comes to mental health, um, how, do we, how do we discuss it and not be, um, you not be judged or not be talked about? A lot of my partners, they said they couldn't go to other people and talk to them because they didn't want them to look at them as weak. Or my homegirls, they didn't want to look at them as crazy. I, I know people personally just, check themselves in, in my immediate family. I know some people that's barely holding on. I got some cousins, sometimes I talk to them, and then sometimes they're afraid to black on me. You gotta know your people. I'm calling one of my homeboys on the way here now, because I ain't talked to him in about two or three months. And I know if I don't call him and keep calling him, he'll allow himself to be in that place. But I don't wanna play God no more. So how can I give, what can I give him? What tools could I give him to make him say, hey, this enough? You dig what I'm saying? Just some of my questions, some of my thoughts. Um, dare not keep y'all long, man. This one's a short one. Um, 
You got any more for me before I go? All right. So, um, never goodbye. I always see you later. Uh, I can't tell y'all enough, man. I appreciate y'all. I don't care if it's one person that watch. I don't care if it's 10. Just keep watching, man. Keep pouring into me and my dog. Um, again, I always shout out Corey, man. Sat down, had a vision together, and we're going to see this thing through. Never goodbye. Always see you later. May God be your direction. And we be the seatbelt in this thing called life, man. Until we see each other again, y'all be cool. Be safe. Don't nobody else tell you. Let them know. Al G said he love you.